Little Detours Shortcuts with Regina Brett, where in 10 minutes or less, you get tips, tools, and takeaways to help you love yourself, your life, and everyone in it. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Regina Brett. We. It just might be the most powerful word in the dictionary. We can topple a government. We can conquer cancer. We can fly to the moon and back. We. In America, the preamble to the Constitution, the document the country was built on and stands on, starts with the word we. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. All that America is and does begins with the word we. In 12-step recovery programs all over the world, the first word of the first step is we. We admitted we were powerless, not I. As one of my friends in recovery told me, I get drunk, we stay sober. And yet sometimes our we feels so fractured. So how do we unite a country when it's so divided? We get back to the we and the values that we all hold dear. The shared values, we all want safety and security, liberty and justice for all, peace and prosperity, fiscal responsibility, a strong economy that benefits everyone, equal access to quality health care that doesn't bankrupt families or the government, lower taxes, wages we can live on, a government that stays out of our private affairs, immigration policies that both protect and grow the country. We want a better country to leave our children and our children's children. The good news is we have the largest turnout of voters in the history of our country. The bad news were so bitterly divided that a violent mob tried to stage a coup and stop the certification of votes for the next president. So how do we get back to the we in We the People? How can we make this a more perfect union? How do you unite a country? I've heard it said that you either lead by dividing or by uniting people. Some leaders create an enemy to unite people. A nation often rallies behind a common enemy. And we all have one, and it isn't each other. The coronavirus is our enemy. In America alone, it's killing 4,000 people a day. The terrorist attack of 9-11 killed 2,977 people. And that attack united us. As I record this, it's January 2021, and we've surpassed 10 million cases of COVID. We're averaging more than 100,000 cases a day, more than any country in the world. So what do we do? We wear masks. We get the vaccine, we assemble the best doctors, scientists, and health experts, and listen to them. How do we unite a country? We stop dehumanizing our fellow citizens. We are one people. We all make up the fabric of humanity. We immigrants, Native Americans, descendants of slaves. We are made of men and women, Blacks, Latinos, Asians, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, liberals, conservatives, Christians, Jews, Muslims, agnostics, atheists, gay, bi, transgender, rural, urban, and suburbanites, and everyone else I forgot. How do we unite a country? We don't do anything to each other that we wouldn't want done to us. We make our Facebook and Twitter pages no place for hate. We create and enforce our own policies. Be kind or be quiet. Be polite or be deleted. Disagree without disrespect. We retire the words nasty and evil from our comments and posts. We refrain from attacking people. We focus on shared solutions. We strip out the hate and bitterness 
and focus on the facts and make a genuine effort to actually find them. We stop mocking our public servants and figure out where we're being asked to serve. What unites us? A love for freedom, a love for justice, a love for peace. The details, that's where it gets complicated and messy and painful. But I love the words that Abraham Lincoln used in his first inaugural address. He said, we are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained it, must not break the bonds of our affection. The mystic cords of memory, stretching from every battlefield and patriot grave to every living heart and hearthstone all over this broad land, will yet swell the chorus of the Union when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. Passions on the right and left have strained us all, but the better angels of our nature can still reach us. We can each tap into those gifts that come from God to each of us and to all of us equally. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, courage, clarity, patience, faith, hope, charity, love, compassion. I know we're living in turbulent times. Everywhere, people are fighting for their rights. In America, we had the terrible attack on democracy at the U.S. Capitol, where five died on January 6th, including a police officer who was beaten with a fire extinguisher. Someone recently asked me if it was ever scarier in my lifetime. Of course, the 60s, for all its great music, gave us the willies. The decade of sex, drugs, and rock and roll also gave us assassinations of John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Robert F. Kennedy, Malcolm X, the Vietnam War, race riots, and the chaos of the Democratic National Convention. But the scariest time for me was May 4th, 1970. We live six miles from Kent State University and just a block from the hospital in Ravenna where the dead and dying were brought after the Ohio National Guard fired into a crowd of students, wounding nine and killing four. The screams of those sirens haunted me for months. I was in eighth grade, and I thought the world was unraveling at the seams. And somehow it mended itself, at least for a while. My dad belonged to the generation that survived the Great Depression, the Holocaust, and World War II. All seemed lost when you look at a map of the world and see how much of it was controlled by the Nazis and the Japanese. And somehow the world righted itself, at least for a while. Now we're facing unrest again, the killings of unarmed black people by errant police officers, the ambush of innocent police officers, terrorist attacks, both foreign and domestic. So what do we cling to? The we. I believe in the power of we. I was born into a we. My parents already had four children when I was born as number five. Then they added six more to make 11. My entire life has been a we. We clean the house. We change the baby's diapers. We set the table. We looked out for each other. We still do. We text almost every day now during this coronavirus and have never been closer. We. It takes a we to raise a child. I was technically a single parent for 18 years, but friends and family stepped in. My daughter had many dads, my five brothers who helped her learn to ride a bike, throw a football, and use a toolbox. And my dad who loved her more than he ever loved all 11 of us. It took a wee. When I had cancer, the wee got me through it. The wee held a shower when I had to go through chemo and bought me scarves and hats. I had a team, a humor committee, a beauty committee, a food committee. I put my husband in charge of bills and finances. I had a surgeon, an oncologist, a chemo nurse. I was the one on the couch just working on getting well, and my team took care of me. I had a we. So who makes up your we? Who are your front row friends? Your 911 posse to call for help? 
your net to catch you when you fall, your cheerleaders to applaud your every victory, your team to encourage you when you're down. You gotta find and grow your we and build a bigger, better we because together anything is possible. We can't forget that we outnumber the bad guys. Fred Rogers is often quoted after tragedies. Mr. Rogers often talked about his mom's advice during scary times, quote, always look for the helpers. There's always someone who is trying to help. I did, and I came to see the world is full of doctors and nurses, police and firefighters, volunteers, neighbors, and friends who are ready to jump in and help when things go wrong. The helpers always outnumber the haters. E.B. White wrote, as long as there is one upright man, as long as there is one compassionate woman, the contagion may spread and the scene is not desolate. Hope is the thing that is left to us in a bad time. I shall get up Sunday morning and wind the clock as a contribution to order and steadfastness. We can't let the fear stop us from living boldly and from living normal, ordinary, boring lives. I love the quote by Will Durant, who describes civilization as a stream with banks. He wrote, The stream is sometimes filled with blood from people killing, stealing, shouting, and doing things historians usually record. While on the banks, unnoticed, people build homes, make love, raise children, sing songs, and write poetry. The story of civilization is the story of what happened on the banks. Historians are pessimists because they ignore the banks for the river. So what do we do? We stand upright. We look for the helpers. We wind our clocks. We build our homes. We make love. We sing loudly and raise good children to rise above everything they see in the river. We save the world together by radical love. We join the we, and we make our contribution to make it a stronger, better we. Thanks for listening to Little Detour Shortcuts with Regina Brett. You can also hear guests interviewed on my longer podcasts. Just subscribe to Little Detours with Regina Brett at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, please give me a rating and review so I can reach even more people. If you want more inspiration, head to my website, reginabrett.com. And while you're there, sign up for my weekly inspiration, my word of the week, where you can get inspired for all of life's little detours. Thanks for listening. Now go join the we and make something possible. Mm-hmm.